Welcome to That's Good Sports, I'm Brandon. Never has the title, A Tale of Two Halves, been so appropriate to describe the joy and disgust I felt in one single football viewing perna. If you would have said, prior to the game, the Broncos will lose 27-23 to to the Vikings, I would have thought, all right, a competitive performance from our young developing team, I can live with that, but when I have to watch them blow a 20-0 lead after half, Trey points! McManus misses a 43-yarder, the play calling got a little too creative, and Chris Harris got smoked by Stephon Diggs for a 54-yard touchdown, and Kirk Cousins would triumph despite being absolutely terrified of his own fucking ball catchers. I would have asked that you kindly use a Viking horn to gouge out my goddamn eyes and give them to the officials so they could see what pass interference in the end zone looks like. That's good sports. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. Ever see an untucked button-down? They look bad. Why? because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. With more than 50-plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. You can find your favorite Untuck It style online or check out one of their 80 brick-and-mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. And their website is so easy, they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a small, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's untuckit.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Kind of ironic that my crucial catch Broncos hat came just in time for the Broncos to not make any crucial fucking catches in the second half of the... Well, that's... They made some... The the receivers played pretty good football, but the crucial catch at, I don't know, the last three attempts into the end zone would have been nice. Now, Kevin Harlan, in my opinion, is the best football commentator in the business. I have no idea why they don't have him doing primetime games. And yet, even he will not escape my dirty mind. Boy, Zimmer is shades of red I've never seen on a human before. Mike Zimmer is not happy. I'm pretty good at reading lips. Really good penetration inside. Wait a minute. Game shooting through like a rocket. Well, they're getting off on this. Really good penetration inside. Coming in, Colby Wadman. Here are a couple quick thoughts I have off the top before I plummet directly into heartbreak. I think it's safe to say pass interference should have been called at the end of the game here or here. He jams the receiver in the face and then he starts ripping it down the sleeve. But when you blow a 20-point lead, it's almost like you don't deserve to get those calls. Noah Fant, he is improving. I am excited about him, but I also want him to catch the ball in a tough situation. I also don't think it's time to fire Rich Scangarello. Fire, fire, fire is how we got into this mess. Fighting fire with fire never actually works. 
Treating my treating gonorrhea with more gonorrhea just made it burn worse when I pee when you pee. What are we seeing on Sunday? I think it's called growing pains. Rich Gangarello is doing some really nice things with the offensive play calling. He's also doing some head scratching, do we have lice type shit. Scangarello is an artist who only wants to paint abstracts right now, but every now and then you need a boring ass still life or a landscape to keep your fundamentals tight. Some mountains, a sky, a small cabin, and a Rolls Royce on third and short. Not your rookie tight end. Also, keep the formation simple due to inexperienced players so the offense isn't flagged for illegal formations three to four times in a game. Both of Denver's first plays of their opening two drives were flagged for illegal formation. Those are scripted plays. That should not be happening in those situations. Or better yet, NFL, remove the illegal formation rule. Who the hell cares if a tight end is lined up too far back or covering a tackle or a receiver or if you're picking up some trash so Julian Edelman can thrust into you? I don't care. We have to give Rich Scangarello time to learn how to be an OC and credit that he's trying to learn with a quarterback who just had his second start. The Broncos are in season one of Growing Pains when that shit was barely watchable, but full of promise. The last three Broncos seasons were fucking ALF, an absolute shit show on the field and behind the scenes. We are simply waiting for our Leonardo DiCaprio to show up and end this growing pain shit and take us on to bigger and better things. Hopefully, the Revenant Leo. Yes, we could use the type of team that can survive a bear attack. Not Titanic or Departed, Leo, where all we do is die at the end. Again, it was a tale of two halves, so I shall review it as such. A half of shit-talking and joy, <laughs> and a half of self-loathing and utter misery. Basically, everything went wrong for Denver after Andy Genovich's injury. That was the turning point. The first half. Oh, the first half. The Broncos could do no wrong besides illegal formations. I was like, it is nice to see Gary Kubiak's offense doesn't work for or against the Broncos. The Broncos defense held the number three scoring offense in the first half to zero points. Shelby Harris was like a big dick untamed Bronco bucking off any Viking that tried to mount him. Harris had three sacks on the day and a forced fumble. He was playing so well, Colton Underwood, the world's second most famous football virgin of bachelor fame, said Harris needs to get paid. Von Miller was pumping his way towards earning the now rare but still highly coveted Big Dick Player Award. How good is Von Miller to be able to cover arguably the best back in the NFL in pass coverage and get to Kirk Cousins? The answer, he's still good, damn it, and stop doubting him. Even when the Vikings made a play, it was called back in the first half. Riley Reef negates a 34-yard gain by Stefan Diggs. I see why they call you Reef, Riley. Like the Great Barrier Reef, you're disappearing offense at an alarming rate. It was either that or a Riley Reed joke. Uh, she too can make things disappear. 
The Broncos ended up not sending their scout team to the Colin Kaepernick workout after it got rescheduled because it turns out Cortland Sutton is a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick. No offense, Cap, but Sutton is the best wide receiver in Denver, a top five wide receiver in the NFL, second best QB on the Broncos roster, and their best third down running back. Next thing you know, Sutton will have Colby Wadman's job punting. Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, and Noah Fant are the future of the Broncos air attack as long as Denver can eventually settle on a quarterback. Brandon Allen at this point, still a mixed bag. Getting Tim Patrick back though to be that number two receiving threat provided a big boost for the Broncos offense. Noah Fant gonna make any defender pant when they try to keep up with him. Or should I call Fant babyhead because he knows exactly where the soft spot in the defense is. Troy Fumagalli finds the end zone first and he did for his first career TD. The second quarter was all about blue-collar heroes. Heroes spelled correctly, John Elway. Dalton Reisner exuding toughness, having his face bloodied as he protects his backs from pillaging Viking defenders. Bent in half like a Julian Edelman lover, he helped pave the way for Andy Janovich. And as the Broncos entered halftime, Vikings fans were broken hopeless, and all of our moms after a couple white wines telling our dads what she thinks of his spending limit for Christmas this year. Second half. Andy Janovich, Von Miller, and Joe Jones were the team captains. That was a big advantage for the Broncos in the first half because when you name one Jano captain, you get 22 fucking captains. So when Jano got hurt, and he's definitely done for the season with a dislocated elbow. The team lost 22 captains, which basically turned the Vikings into Somali pirates. And there's no happy ending with Captain Somali Kirk Cousins at the helm. Look at me, sure. Look at me, sure. I'm the captain now. The loss of Jano was so devastating that when the officials threw a very bad flag on the Broncos' field goal attempt that would have given Denver a fresh set of downs in the red zone, the referees took the time to appropriately assess the situation and get the call right. Since when are the refs doing that? That's how bad it was for the Broncos. The referees were doing their job right, which hurt Denver. And instead of capitalizing on a Kirk Cousins fumble right before halftime, Brandon Allen throws a red zone interception. Even three points in that situation would have been enough for a late game win. Victory, late game victory. The Minnesota Vikings have a tight end not named Kyle Rudolph who scored Minnesota's first touchdown. You expect a good team to score at some point, but you don't expect to be gifted a new opportunity on fourth and three when Minnesota jumps offside and not walk away with touchdowns. The end zone was a forbidden destination, like room 237 in The Shining, but instead of a decomposing woman, it was Mike Zimmer's face getting progressively redder with each passing minute. Dalvin Cook got his 11th rushing touchdown of the season to tie him with Christian McCaffrey. Somehow that has to be a curse tied to the Broncos because McCaffrey is from Denver. Kyle Rudolph scored a stupid touchdown and Chris Harris got burned so bad I just assumed it was Isaac Yadam when I yelled, Damn you, Yadam! Damn you! at the television set only to be shocked to find out it was Chris Harris. And no, I don't think he blamed anybody else for this one. Brandon McManus missed a pressure kick. I think that might be a bit of an issue for him. And despite Derek Wolf stopping a two-point attempt, 
and the Broncos converting two fourth and sixes on their final drive and getting saved by a Mike Zimmer timeout because Brandon Allen had no idea he should be clocking the ball in this situation. They walked away with a loss. People are going to be mad that Brandon Allen didn't throw the ball to Cortland Sutton in that situation who was going balls deep all game. But the Vikings very wisely had him double double covered uh, the last three plays. You could also make the case that the Vikings interfered on two of the last three end zone shots. Tim Patrick, Tim Patrick clearly had his face mask pulled and Noah Fant had his jersey tugged on the final play. Either one could have been called for interference, especially the one to Tim Patrick. But since the referees already did their job correctly earlier, they had no need to pay attention at the end of this fucking game. The last time I've been this happy and then this mad in the span of three hours was the Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl. So thanks for nothing, Minnesota. Outside of Fargo Season 3, you have provided nothing for me or the other 49 states for that matter. I hope you have fun living in the Packers' shadow until the end of time. Yes, misguided anger does make me feel better. Even if you Minnesota Vikings fans are very kind to me here in the comments. Today, uh, I don't even care. I don't even care, Vikings fans. Have your win. Have it. Let Kubiak get you a Super Bowl like he did for us. Also, yeah, having Emmanuel Sanders might have come in handy for one of those final throws into the end zone, but I still think that was the right move. Followed by another fourth down conversion to Cortland Sutton. Two fourth down conversions on what should have been a game-winning drive is extremely positive for a developing Broncos offense. Just give me the rest of the week to recover from this one. Thanks for watching another episode of That's Good Sports. Please subscribe here on YouTube. You gotta subscribe to the YouTubes. Dear Lord, subscribe to my tubes. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, at Brandon Perna for more ASMR, ARSM, uh, the video, whatever you like to listen to. Make sure you give out Wilkie's six a follow too. He helps me write these. Good night and good luck. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. <laughs>